Gosh, that always gets me. I'm like waiting for a big explosion. Are you guys or what? <clears throat> Good morning, everybody. How are you? We have a few more minutes left in the morning, and uh, it's good to have you guys with us today, and uh, I'm really excited to be here. Thank you for Richard Moore uh, last week, uh, filling in pretty close to last minute. Uh, I called Richard on a Friday, and I said, dude, I am sick. Now, this has only been two times in six years that I have been sick and not made it to a service, but Richard uh, did a phenomenal job on very short notice last week, so I appreciate him. And what a, what, a, what a gifted communicator, right? I mean, like, wow, uh, little did we know that uh, little Richard Moore could flat bring it. So anyways, well, I'm glad to have you guys here this morning. How are you guys? No, no, come on, come on. Are you guys glad you're here or what? Yeah, good. Oh, yeah, come on. All right, that, that gets things fired up. That gets the juices flowing. All right, well, good. We're going to have a great morning. I'm glad uh, that it is week three of our series called All In, and uh, we are, we're, we're, we're driving right through this thing. Richard uh, covered uh, strength, love the Lord, the God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. Last week, I did mine the first week. Today, we're going to talk about heart. Before we do that, let me just show you real quick uh, a really great site. How many of you guys know that we are about to launch our second church, Mi Iglesia, that's my church in Spanish, in Mexico. And I want to show you the first My Church parishioners. That's our Mi Iglesia church so far. Uh, that's Carlos and I in the very, very back. I'm actually holding Carlos up on my hip like he's my child because he's like uh, five foot two. And uh, we wanted to make sure that we saw Carlos. That's Carlisa right in front with the big, big white teeth. Not big teeth, but nice white teeth. Please don't ever tell her I said she had big teeth. Uh, and then their kids. So that's me, Iglesia. And so I was there in Mexico, uh, I guess two weeks ago. And I do want to say, if you have never gone on a mission trip or considering going with us on this trip, you got to do it. Just go for it. The cost will never be cheaper. Uh, in fact, I, I'm really, really pleasantly surprised. We have the whole cost <clears throat> of this trip, uh, $400.00 plus your plane ticket. Now, some of you guys have air miles, and maybe that you can get that figured out, but it's right now around $600 for a plane ticket, so right around $1,000 for the trip to go on an overseas missions trip, and we're going to help them launch the church. In fact, we're going to do all the preliminary stuff heading up to them launching probably a couple weeks after we come as a church. And so, man, I'm going on the trip. I'm going to be a part of the leadership that helps uh, make this thing happen, and so Man, you guys got to go. So consider that in two weeks from now, February 1st, we'll have an informal, casual meeting after this service, and uh, we'll give all the particulars. But uh, if you're interested in going, let us know quickly because it's going to come up real quick on us. So, all right, let me pray for us because I really believe today is the day that God's going to do a particular work in our hearts. And as any Sunday, uh, don't ever, ever show up thinking that God's not going to do something. I think the whole point of us opening God's word would have to have us to the place where we, where we just expect God's going to work in my heart today. God has the power and the ability to do an amazing transformation like that. And so let's just go to him in prayer right now and ask him to do that today. God, we, um, <clears throat> we come to you now and we ask God that you would open our hearts, open our minds to receive what you want us to receive today. God, I pray for 
things that are broken today. God, would you begin a new work? God, I pray for the man and the woman who didn't want to be here today, but they're here. God, I pray that you would open eyes and help people to really experience and see you for the loving, grace-giving, all-powerful, transforming-our-lives kind of God. Help us to show up every week, God, carefully anticipating you to, you to just change the world through us, in and through us, Jesus. We love you today. Amen. All right, so we are Mark chapter 12. You've got your Bible. Pull this one out. Open this one up. Uh, find it on your phone, whatever you got this morning. Mark chapter 12, that's been our theme verse. Mark chapter 12, verse 30 says this. Love the Lord your God. Say it with me. With all your heart with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Now, how many of you guys have already started going to the gym and stopped? You've already stopped. Anybody? Let's be honest. We're in church. How many of you guys started going to the gym and you're still in? Raise your hand. How many of you guys have just not started? All right. That's some honesty. Come on. I love it. I love it. All right. Well, 2015 is underway, right? Uh, I, I got into Mexico and I had written 2014 on my immigration papers. They didn't like that. <laughs> They're up on dates there. But finally now, after a few weeks, I'm writing 2015 on everything. So 2015, I mean, it is happening. Our goal of this series is this. I'm praying and hoping that this would be your greatest growth year ever to date. I, I'm, really, I'm really praying that all of us would not just stumble into 2015 but my heart and hope is that we would realize it, it's got to be one step beyond desire that gets us anywhere. There's got to be some steps. There's got to be some disciplines. You can't just get there with hoping. You've got to be intentional, right? And so just like with anything, you can't s- fall on the ground and get back up and go, whoa, I'm in shape. Oh, my gosh, look at my body. I'm healthy. Look at the guns, right? You, you can't just fall down and get up and go all of a sudden, wow, God and I are like this. There's got to be some intentionality. There's got to be some pursuit on our part. And I'm I'm telling you, this verse, for me, is going to be my verse for this year. This is going to be a guidepost. In fact, when Jesus said this, he was trying, there were were people trying to trick him in the moment, and they said, we want to know what the most important thing is. We want to know what what the, the greatest commandment is. From you to us, we're all listening You know, they're trying to trip them, trap them. What is the most important thing? Jesus' words were, love the Lord your God. That was himself. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. Not some, not a piece, not a portion, but all. With all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. So the question has been, how do we do that? Week one, we said, how do we we love the Lord our God with all our minds? We said, "Let's, let's make it a point this year to get into God's word. Uh, scripture says that we can be transformed by the renewing of our mind. That happens when we're in God's Word. Now, I'm just going to be brutally honest. I have a hard time making myself read all the time. That's not naturally me. I want to wake up and I want to get going somewhere. I'm not a sit down, stay, you know, process stuff kind of guy. I, I, I wrestle with, there's a verse in the Bible that says, uh, be still and know that I'm God. God and I, are, I'm struggling with that still. Uh, there's, there, I have a hard time being still, and I'm trying to, I'm really, in 2015, I've made that a point. I'm going to try to be still. I'm really going to try 
to stop and be still and have some moments that I savor with God in his word. Because I'm telling you, I believe this changes my life. This transforms me. This is God's breath in print for us. For us. When I said that, just my ADD self, God's breath, I thought, I wonder if God's breath smells nice. I don't know. I don't know why I thought that. I just did. So anybody think that? I know. If that's your pastor, I'm a little strange, but I'm pretty sure he used breath, breath mints or, or Listerine. So, all right. So God breathed, and we have his word in print. And this is, this is authentic. It's true. And when we get in it, our lives are transformed. But we're not going to grow apart from God's word. We started out this, this year with uh, encouraging you to fast. Many of you have been fasting from coffee. That's all the people that were grumpy didn't raise your hand. That was all the people when I said hello, good morning. You didn't say anything. I, it's okay. It's good. You're in church. We, we give grace around here. Many of you are looking skinnier right now, I've noticed. <laughs> Some of you are like a little malnourished. Some of you have been doing other things to fast. My wife has been doing a much better job than I have. She's been doing like all, an all-liquid uh, fast, doing mostly vegetables and, and fruits and whatnot, just kind of all ground up into a liquid. She's, she's been a little grumpy, okay? But don't tell her I said, I said so, okay? She's out of town today. Uh, her and uh, my oldest daughter, my oldest daughter's swimming at Auburn right now, so you guys can give a little prayer for her. She's trying to make state, so we're, uh, come on, Allie, right now. Um, so they're, they're gone today. I've got my two littles with me. But this year, do you really want God to transform your life? That's, that's the question. Do you, really, do you really sense God wooing you to be at a, at a whole new level with him this year? Well, let me, tell you, let me tell you one critical piece of this, the heart. The heart. Love the Lord God with all your heart. That's what we're going to talk about today. And the, 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 what makes this difficult is this right here. The thing that connects the most with the heart is our money. Oh, gosh, this is going to talk about that today? Yes. Our heart and our money go hand hand, hand in hand. Our heart and our money, they just go together like, like peas and carrots. And then if you, if, you just, if you would just acknowledge that that really is legit, that these two go hand in hand, it, it's, it's going to change the pace of, of your life spiritually this year. It really is. Now, I, I know some of you are thinking, you know, that I just don't see them going together. People said that of Christy and I. I mean, in college, they were like, dude, let me just tell you, Murphy, that girl right there, she's straight A's, she's a cheerleader, she's, she's like the English like major of the year, like the last two years, she was valid Victorian, she's in the library, you don't even know your way to the library, she is a whole nother level. Now, now you guys know this, like when your friends say, you know, she's that, like there's a certain level of hotness and she was like white hot, I was not even on the radar anywhere close to where my wife was. Everybody said it and I said, just give it time, just give it time. I don't quit, and I literally, I literally wore her down. I seriously, I mean, I, I, I just kept coming. I just was like the Duracell bunny. I just kept coming and coming and coming and coming. I kept showing up in the library, slipping notes under desks. I kept showing up, offering like dinners and meals and ice creams, and finally she said yes. And over time, people realized we go together. 21 years, baby, come on, like peas and carrots. 
And the same, you, don't, you, you can clap for that because, I mean, she's still with me. I mean, I mean, she's still with me, so I'm going, thank you, Jesus, all right? And that's taken a lot of work on my part because I'm hard to live with. But I'm telling you, this morning, I want you to get this. I want you to understand this. Our money and our hearts are intricately tied to each other. I'm going to give you three things today. I'm going to give you three things I want you to jot down, write it down, find something, jot it down, three critical things if you're going to learn how to love God with your heart, and if you're going to see 2015 be a year that you really grow spiritually, here's, here's three things I want to give you from God's Word that's going, to, that's going to make the difference. I'm telling you, this is going to make the difference. Three things. Number one, if I am financially connected, if I'm financially connected, I will be emotionally connected. Now, let me explain how this works to you. You guys, you get this innately. Uh, and especially if you're a parent looking back over your days when you're younger. When I was younger, uh, all my life, my dad used to say of me, he said, son, you're like a bull in a china cabinet. And I never really grasped that, but all my life, I was like, I was like destruction in, in, in a body. Wherever I went, things broke. Stuff just broke everywhere I went. I mean, I broke my dad's car. I broke, I broke the lawnmower. I, 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 sunk, uh, I sunk a boat once. I, I, I drove a uh, lawnmower off in a lake. I mean, I, I, I literally, my dad's son, you're like a bull, a bull in a china cabinet. Like, you're just, you're just breaking and destructive of everything. But you know what? I didn't really care. I mean, it wasn't I was a, a bad, rebellious you know, terrible kid. I didn't, I was not upset, you know, it wasn't like I wasn't upset when I hurt something or broke something, but I never, I didn't pay for any of that stuff. Now I'm an adult. Now, now I have kids. Now when there, when there's kids handprints on our, on our painted walls, I, I get ill over it. I mean, I'm like, I know it's stupid, but now that, now that I'm paying for that, there's a big difference when it comes to my money going towards something and my money not going towards something. I'll give you another example. When I was a youth pastor, I was a, I was a high school pastor at one time. Pastor over a bunch of high school students. We had several hundred high school students in this, this group. And uh, I was pretty much known for bull in a china cabinet all over again. Because when you take a bunch of, a bunch of meatheads in leadership like me leading a bunch of high school students... I mean, wherever we went, we broke stuff. I mean, we, we went to, to the beach for camp. We took a few thousand extra dollars just because we knew we were going to break stuff. And we tried not to break stuff. But you know what? I wasn't all that concerned with it. It, it, would, it would seem like, you know, we'd have youth group that week, Wednesday night, Sunday night. And on Monday morning, I'd get called to the carpet. Our, our, you know, leadership, you know, whoever my boss was, church administrator kind of guy, would call me on the carpet Walk me down hallways, show me all the busted up walls and chairs that were broke. And I'm like, hey, dude, we got a lot of kids, though. A lot of kids are getting saved, a lot of great stuff. I didn't really connect. I wasn't paying for that stuff. I wasn't, like, connected financially to any of that stuff. Now, I mean, now I walk through our, our, our building, and I'm like, ooh, our paint's messed up over here. We, we got to get that fixed. Man, our carpet's wearing out. I mean, we had a, a couple weeks ago, do you guys notice we had a little drip, 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 drip back there when it was raining bad? Anybody notice that? Yeah, I mean, I'm involved now. I'm paying for stuff. I'm, in, I'm engaged with it. And here's, here's the reality. I'm financially connected 
when I'm financially connected, I, I'm, I'm emotionally connected. Now that I'm paying for stuff, man, it makes a big difference. I had a truck given to me one time before. How many of you guys remember the red Dodge Dakota that I had? Anybody remember that? Thank you, Bertie. I think you remember my truck I used to drive. I used to drive a red Dodge Dakota. It was given to me. And I, don't, I, I didn't really realize this, but I never took care of that truck. It was given to me. It had 100,000 miles on it. A, a person who was just very, very kind said, here's a truck. You need a truck. Here's a truck. I used to beat that thing to death. In fact, don't judge me on this, but one time I had some of the church staff guys, and we were in a field, and we just, I mean, we just kind of enjoyed, I mean, just hitting this little bump over and over and over. We just kept hitting this bump, and I'd go back around, and every time we get a little better at hitting this bump, and I had visions of, like, my truck not being red, but, like, orange with, like, Dukes of Hazard symbol, and I finally got up in the air, and we landed this thing a little bit kind of nose in, and the next morning I woke up, and like stuff was broke everywhere, lots of liquids had leaked out below my vehicle, and I was like, I had to pay for it, then I started caring about it. (laughs) Prior to that, it didn't matter a whole lot to me. Now I have a truck. I have got a Ford truck. I have a, a really nice Ford truck that I don't completely own. The bank still owns about half of it, right? I'm paying on that truck. I don't want that truck scratched. I had it in a shop last week. The door, the, the little gas flap thing on my jig was flapping around. It was broke. I got it fixed. I like my truck. When I'm, well, here, here's, here's this weird thing that God set up. Wherever our money goes, our heart follows. Wherever our money goes, our heart follows. What we're financially connected to, we're emotionally connected to. Some of you right now in your marriage relationship. Some of you guys, the, the fire's kind of dwindling a little bit. Can I tell you how to fix it? It's real simple. Go buy her something. Any ladies disagree with that? Any ladies disagree with that? Anybody agree with that? Yes. Yeah. All the ladies. <laughs> All right, guys, I'm just telling you. Sink some money into things that you want your heart to follow after. It really is like this biblical thing. Whether you're a Christian, believe God or not, it is a principle of life. But when it happens spiritually, it makes all the difference with God. Why? What does God ultimately want from us? Does he really need our money? Not really. I mean, he can get somebody else to take care of whatever, you know, things trying to be financed or done, right? But what does God really want from us? Our trust, right? What do all dads want from their kids? Just believe me, right? Just trust me. I've said that a thousand times to my kids, and I really do want it. I want my kids to know daddy has your back. I got you. You can trust me. I will walk through fire for my family. And God's the same way. He's not really wanting your stuff. In fact, he doesn't want something from you. He seriously wants something for you. He wants something for you. So this is the real deal. If I am financially connected, I will be emotionally connected. Matthew 6.21 says it like this. For where your treasure is, where your money is, there your heart will be also. Where that money goes, your heart's going to go. Guys, you want to improve your marital relationship? Go buy her something. Start spending some money on her. I'm telling you, 
you will see, you'll see this proven right then and there, even in a relationship like that. So consequently, here's the other flip side. If you're not fully connected to God, it's very, very possible your finances aren't fully surrendered to God. I, I, I will on occasion have uh, people who know uh, I'm a pastor. They'll come up to me and they'll say, even some of you in our own church, they'll say, hey, I've hit a roadblock. I don't feel connected to God. And it depends on who it is. And my relationship with them, I'll ask, where's your money going? What are you doing with your money? What are you doing with your stuff? And I know it's a hard, this is a hard pill to swallow. I know sometimes you feel like God's after my money, the church is after my money. Where your money goes, your heart will follow. God wants your faith. He wants your faith. He wants something for you in this. Number two, let me give you this, this next one. Number two, my money declares my master. My money declares my master. You can only have one of those, right? If somebody's master of your heart, your life, there can be only one first place, right? My wife won't take seconds to anybody else. She's number one. She knows it, and, and, I, and I keep her there, and I make it very evident that my wife is number one. There can't be two, right? People have tried that in other lifetimes and other stories and lots of wives. Dude, those, those, those guys were, man, they were cruising for a bruising, right? Bad, bad news on that, right? My money declares my master. Uh, Matthew 6, 24 says this. No one can serve two masters. Can't be done. Nobody can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. The love of money is the root of all evil. That's what Scripture says. The love of money is the root of all evil. That's kind of crazy to imagine, right? The money can get us that high or that low. As, let, me just, let me just take a poll. How many guys, money has ever had you feeling pretty good? Raise your hand. Be honest. I'll be honest. Yeah. Man, if you ever get like, whoa, got a great bonus. Yeah, woo! Feeling good, right? How about when you thought you were getting, getting a bonus, a big one, and you didn't get it? How'd you feel? <laughs> right? It's, that sucks. Did I just say sucks in church? That's what I did. Hold your kids' ears, all right? I apologize. Birdie? Yes, thank you. Okay. All right. So here's the deal. The number one competitor for your heart is what? Is your money. So when we say my money declares my master, let me put it in uh, words like this. If you are a true, true Georgia Bulldog fan. Who do you hate? You hate Auburn. Did we just say hate in church? We can't use it, but we, it, they did say it in the Bible. Here it is. You'll be devoted to one and desp- oh, hey, either you will hate the one and love the other. If you're a real Auburn fan, you hate Georgia, right? There can be, there can be only one. You can't love both. If you are, you're what? Pathetic, right? right? If you're an Alabama fan, you hate Ohio State right now, right? You thought I was going to say Auburn, but they just lost Ohio State, right? You can't love both. You can't be one of those whimsical, weak kind of, I'm for this team and that team. No, no, no. When it comes to college football, you pick your team, and that's your team. God wants you to pick him over everything else. Pick me, pick me, pick me. But God will never force you Never, never force you to love him back. 
But he did, he did prove to us that he is worthy to be loved back by some little small thing he did on a cross. Is that somebody's car? That's great. This, I think this might be the first time. If you have a car outside, it's not me. I'm parked way out there. I, it was you. You did it. I saw it. This man put his key back in his pocket real fast like that over there. Uh, Jay. Jay in the left side over there. It was his truck. All right. All right, I'll stop joking. They just got me back. All right, so money declares no master. Football example, you can only love one. God wants us to love him. He wants us to trust him. And he is worthy to be loved. We only have to look at the stain, stain of the cross. What God did for us, he took every bit of our sin and our mess and our dirtiness, all of our, all of our thoughts, all of our dilemmas, all of our baggage, every bit of it. And he said, I got all of it on me. I'll take your issues, your pain, your hurts, your struggles, every bit of life's mess. He stood in our place. And he says to us, hey, I'm worthy. I'm worthy to be served. I don't want some of you. I want all of you. Not just a statement but I want surrender. Last thing I want to give you is this. Number three, God's not trying to take something from me, but pour something out on me. God's not trying to take something from me, but pour something out on me. I just thought of a song. It's not a good song. Yep. Yep. Okay, we'll move right along. My, my, I, I'm, I'm not on any medicine today, so my brain's jumping around a little bit on me. If you thought of the song, pour some sugar on me, shame on you. We're in church. All right. God's not trying to take something from me. Seriously. He's not trying to take something from me. He's trying to pour something out of me. A lot of times, a lot of times we give God a bad, bad rap that he's trying to, I should be afraid of like going all in with God because it's going to, it's going to, you know, we, we love to talk about it's going to cost me something, right? Because we, we, we understand that it, we want to be surrendered to God. But God's not a taker. God's not a taker. God is the ultimate giver. He gave his life. There is a boatload of scripture that talks about God came to give us. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave. He came to give us life and give it to us abundantly. God's not a taker. He's not sucking the life out of us. God wants something for us. But it takes us some steps, some following him for us to understand, man, there's nothing greater than being near God and having this whole thing of like hope and freedom in him through us pursuing him. So God's not trying to take something from us, but to pour something out on us. Now, I, I uh, just kind of relate this in my mind. Uh, sometimes we think God's out to get us. You guys ever, ever have like the movie you saw that just got etched in your mind and you couldn't forget it? When I was a kid, the movie for me that just I couldn't get rid of it was the movie Halloween. I would go to bed as a 16-year-old 
Six-year-old, I mean. <laughs> and I'd, I'd, I'd start thinking about that guy, you know, Michael Myers. And that white mask with the kind of the hair hanging over that. And they, they, I don't know how they would do it in the movies, but like he could, put his, he could put his face near a window, like people looking out, and it would just glow. And I can remember just waking up as a six-year-old and... <laughs> And like seeing a glowing mask in my window, like I thought I would, right? I thought I was. And literally I would jump up, I would scream, Daddy! Six years old, right? And I would run down, run down. I think it was 16 years old, I ran and still jumped in my parents' bed because I was so scared, thinking Michael Myers was going to get me. 16 years old, I'm not kidding. My dad was like, son, you're shaving for Pete's sakes. Get back to bed. I'm like, Daddy, but Michael Myers is my window. Come on. Come on, step up, Dad. You said you're, like, taking care of me. Come on. It's like, son, just go lock yourself in your car already. Okay? <laughs> but here's the deal. We don't need to run from God. We need to run to God. Some of us, some of us, I'm just telling you, some of you right now are on the fence. You're really on the fence with this whole battle for belief. Can God be trusted? Can I trust him? The greatest arena of learning to trust God is this whole idea of money and our stuff. God just set this up this way. I don't know why he did, but he knew, he knew somehow in advance. That's why he put this topic in the Bible more than any other topic. Because again, it's the number one competitor for our hearts. He put this topic in here, I think. Because he knew well in advance the greatest struggle we'd have was to think we are in charge. Was to think that I got, is all, I got all this taken care of by myself. But listen, if you're still breathing, God has you on this planet. We are not the author and perfecter of our life or our faith. God doesn't want something from you. He wants something for you. Let me prove it to you. Proverbs 3 Verse 9 says this, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of your crops, right? Give him the first. Don't wait till last. Don't wait till the, the last part of the day. Give him the best part of your day, beginning, right? Give him the best part of your stuff. Don't hold out. God, here we go, right off the beginning. God, this is my stuff. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of your crops. And here's a promise. Then, then, and this is great, here's the promise, here's red-lettered in Scripture. Then your hearts, then your barns will be filled to overflowing. It's a promise from God. If you trust me, I'll provide. You trust me, I'll do the taking care of. If you trust me, then you're placing your trust in me. I am God. You are not. I can do more with less than you can do with more all by yourself. Trust in me. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. Some of you guys love that part. Malachi 3.8 says this, Will a mere mortal rub God, uh, rob God? Kind of just wanting, to, like, you know, this is God being a little strong here. Hey, will a mere mortal rob me? Like, you're, you really are, you just, you're just a mortal. I don't think he's trying to be offensive. He's just trying to help us see the perspective from his angle. He's God, large and in charge of everything. Will a mere mortal rob me, yet you rob me. And we ask, how are we robbing you? How is that, God? 
as if to say, you know, I'm making money. Yeah, if you do real estate, you're just flipping, you're just flipping it. God made it, right? You know, I'm in business. Well, who, who made commerce? Who started commerce? God did. Who gave you every ability that you have to generate anything you have? And God says, it's me. Will you rob me? And how are we robbing you? And then he says, in tithes and offerings. Let, let me just be real specific here and make this real simple. Uh, let me give you a little math here, right? And, and I just want to say that I, I, I think math is from the devil. Your teacher, don't be offended by that. Here's how I came to this conclusion. God is the author of what? Sanity, peace, hope. There's scripture about this, right? Who's the author of confusion? The devil is. Devil's the author of confusion. It says that in Scripture. Math is confusing. Math is from the devil. There you go. All right. Math is from the devil. All right. If you're in school, please tuck that one away. Go study it tomorrow in class. All right? All right. So here's the equation. God wants our tithes and offerings. Right? He wants you to trust with all. But he says, I just want a tenth. So let me just, let's just break this down. If you get ten... How much does God ask for? One. Come on. That's good. You guys are awesome at this, all right? If God, if, if we get a hundred, what does God ask for? <clears throat> if we get a thousand, what does God ask for? You guys got it. If God gives, if you get 10,000, what does God ask for? Now that's when it gets harder, right? That's when it gets harder. That's it's just when it gets harder because at that point, all of a sudden, I've amassed this stuff And the more that I've amassed, the harder it gets. I've gotten that way over time. My wife used to just brag and brag and brag and brag and brag and brag and brag about how generous I was. (laughs) But the the, the older I've gotten and the more stuff we've accumulated, the harder it's gotten. And now I'm really seeing in me like the broken parts of my, my ability to trust in God. God's birthing in me, even here in 2015, do you trust me? Do you trust me? I'm just saying if 2015 is going to be the year that you experience God greater, we have to wrestle with this question. Can I trust God with everything? Because in the Old Testament, it talks about 10th and all that kind of stuff. New Testament, he says, I want it all. I want it all. But here's the promise. Here's the promise. Well, let me just finish the verse. Verse 9 says, you're not under a curse, or you are under a curse. Excuse me. <laughs> God gets stronger. You are under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. The reality is your finances are either blessed or cursed by God. They're blessed or cursed by God. I want to allocate it to God so he can bless what's going on in my life. That's what he's saying here. Verse 10, bring the whole tithe to the storehouse, and here's what I love. I want to end on this. That there may be food in my house. Food in my house. He says, test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see that I will not throw open, like dramatically, throw open the floodgates in heaven and pour out so much blessing that there, will be enough, there won't be enough room to store it. Bring it to God so there'll be food in the house. Let me just say this. Today when I get up for my nap, you know what I love more than anything? I love more than anything waking up and going to my kitchen and knowing that there's food in my house. 
There's just something special. Like, I don't want to get on the phone and order Papa John's. I like to wake up. I like to look in fridges. I like to look in my cupboards. Anybody like that? You guys do that? Today, I'm going to go home and I'm going to wake up and I'm going to look around and see what kind of food. And man, I, I know there's food at home because I put it there. Here's the thing with God. There's always been food in this house. There always has been. Let me, let me just give you a case in point. There, there, so many of you have been so generous that from day one, there's, there's been food here. Let me give you uh, an example. Let me, let me show you the fruit of there being food in this house. If you have ever um, made Jesus leader and forgiver of your life in this church, you, you, you became a Christian here, or you have been baptized here, would you, would you just let us say we want to see your hand for just a moment? Would you just raise your hand all over the place? Look around, please. Look around. Raise them high. Yeah. That's because of your generosity. That's, that's because somebody put food on the table. There's food in this house right now. Right now, I get, I get so excited about this because, because I have kids. I don't want my kids growing up and walking away from God. I don't want kids in this church thinking God is, is lame. I don't want kids in our kids' ministry thinking this, there's nothing real to this stuff. But because of your generosity, there's food in this house. Right now, next door, there are kids having the foundation of who God is being laid in their life in such an incredible way that over time, they're not going to walk away from God. They're going to run to God because there's food in this house. There's, let me just say this, because there's been food in this house, to date, and we just did the records, there's been 1,038 people they're going to be in heaven because of this church. Yeah, come on. Yeah, 1,038 people that have said, I'm making Jesus the leader and forgiver of my life. That's because there's food in this house. There's stuff happening because of your generosity. You know, you know why those things are happening? Because there's people that their faith is growing. There's people taking steps. They haven't just stumbled into some spiritual growth. No, they've been intentional in their spiritual development. There's food in this house. Now, let me just illustrate this and I'll close. Skittles. Rainbow of fruity flavors. All right, I love, you guys like some Skittles? God doesn't want something from us. He wants something for us. Some of, some of us are, are like this family. We hadn't really figured this thing out. We hadn't decided, God, am I going to trust you or not? I'm wrestling. I think you're after my stuff. I think the church wants my junk. I don't know. I can trust that, that pastor, you know, one of, those, one of those types of, you know, feelings, emotions. But here's the deal. Regardless of how we feel or think, life, life happens, right? You got, your, you got your power bill. That's not that big. Let me put some things back. You got your power bill. Right? You got your house mortgage payment, right? That's, you got your mortgage payment. You got your car payment. Some of you guys got a big car payment. You got two cars. You got kids. You got kids? How many guys got kids? You got kids? Yeah, that's expensive. How many guys got private school kids? Uh-huh. Daycare? Daycare? Uh-huh. All right. Uh, some of you guys got hobbies? We got a boat? I want to meet you afterwards. Uh, anybody hunt, like to hunt? 
hunting and activities, hobbies. You got just got some land. Can I come with you sometime? Uh, and we all, you, you know, we got we got stuff, right? Hobbies, life, and we get to this place and we go, "Oh God, I've run out. There's nothing left." Right? That's sometimes we get there, right? And you got this guy over here, his family. They got the same. They got the same deal. We got, we got, you know, house bills. We got the mortgage payment. We got cars. We got auto insurance. We got kids. We got kids' school. My kids swim. They play football. Oh, and there's a little time for mom to get her hair done. We got a little bit of, you know, hobby. And daddy likes to golf a little bit. Mama, you know, one more time for getting her nails done. And all of a sudden, you're like. I missed that one. All right, so you get down. You, everybody gets down to the end, but here's the deal. God, we've been trusting in you. God, we put you to the test. Scripture said, put me to the test and know that I am God, and I will see if I will not open the floodgates of heaven and pour out on you. And this is what God does. I love this. This is awesome. God just, God just says, put me to the test. Seriously. You think, you, you think I want something from you? No, no, no. I want something for you, right? I want something. And you know what? I love that verse. It didn't say, I'm going to fill up your cup. No, God said, I'm going to pour out so much. I'm going to pour out so much that the people, that the people who know that you're trusting in me I want them to know that you serve a God who's legit and real. And here's the deal. God's not in the business. He's not in the business of stripping people's faith. He's in the business of growing your faith. He is the ultimate daddy. The ultimate daddy that says, listen, I can do more than you can with your stuff. I can keep your car from getting broke. I can let it get broke. I can, I, can, I can fix things. I can solve things. Seriously, this is a wrestle of what do we believe. If we see it in Scripture, see, we could, we, please, let's, let's not be the Christians who believe the verses about heaven and not the verses about this stuff, right? Because this will determine where we go with our hearts in relationship with God in 2015. Mark, not my words, his words. Mark his words. Some of you dads, your wives want you to step up. They want your heart to to start following God's. Here's one practical way to start it. And can I just say this, just because some of you guys are thinking, and I know the church needs money, they're suffering. No, we're not. We got food in this house. We serve coffee free every week. I think that costs us about 500 a month. That's six grand six grand. We give free t-shirts away to first-time guests. Come on. That's awesome, isn't it? Mugs. I'm sure there's some kids today that are leaving with some goldfish. No, but we're not stripping any of that stuff back. We're not cutting costs. We got food in this house. It's not about that. This is about us having our hearts changed. Love the Lord your God with all your very first one, heart Love the Lord your God with all your heart. How do you want to love God this year? He didn't want a statement. He doesn't want statements. He wants surrender. Surrender to Him. He's God. Pray with me. Lord, we, uh, 
We, uh, we take this final moment, God, and we just ask you to do business with our hearts. God, Scripture, let it permeate our hearts. Jesus, thank you for giving your life for us. Thank you for dying on the cross to prove to us once and for all that you love us. You took sacrificed your life. You let it happen to you. You willingly went. Allowed yourself to be bruised, brutalized, and killed for us. But God, the gospel message, the message of, of our future didn't end in death. It ends in life. It ends in you gave life. God, the whole Bible is about you giving life. God, there's a lot of dead souls dead walking around hearts broken marriages God I pray that you would redeem all that that as a church we could all advance forward in our faith and trust in you in 2015 God I pray that you would light us on fire for you God I pray that the people who came in this morning with with a broken marriage relationship God I pray that they could walk out not believing in themselves but believing in you God, let's get our eyes off each other. Let's get our eyes off our junk. Let's, let's get our eyes on you because you are the author and perfecter of our faith, of our lives. God, we take this moment and we admit we're sinful. We struggle with belief. I admit it. God, I pray that you would build us up. We ask for the gift of faith today. Allow us to intentionally take some steps this year to follow you, to trust you. God, I pray that we would see Scripture unfold like you have seen and showed us today in our lives. We love you. In your precious name we pray. Amen.